Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. Jessica, I think I think we need to start this week with you telling us the name of the episode we're doing because the intro story that I want to get into makes no sense unless our listeners know what the name of the episode we're doing is. So what is the name of the episode we are guessing on? We are watching Shakespeare and Hathaway, season one, episode six, called Exit, comma, pursued by a bear. <laughs> the comma is super important. But yeah, one of the most famous lines of stage direction in theater history is yes. and like Shakespeare's stage directions, anybody's stage directions, exit, pursued by a bear. And watching people come up with different ways to do this is one of the great joys and fun of Shakespeare in general, which, of course, with a caveat that in Shakespeare's time, they would literally be pursued by a bear. Yeah, they could have had a bear. Yeah. Because there were bear baiting fights that took place in, in Shakespeare's the, Globe. In in the theater. Exactly. So when he says <laughs> exit pursued by bear, they had a bear to get pursued by. Yeah. Jessica, I would like to tell everybody when we were pursued by a bear. Okay, please do. <laughs> we were not actually pursued by a bear, thankfully. Yes. We exited. We, we exited quite quick. quickly, yes. <laughs> in order to not be. In order to not be pursued by a bear. We we had hiked in through we had hiked through Sequoia National Park around this like lake to watch the sunset. It was beautiful, but sunset getting dark. Everybody that else means has gone home. Dinner time. And dinner time for the bears. So we're walking well, around. I mean, everybody. That's everybody, what made, yeah. makes me laugh is that like that's when we were like, yeah, my stomach's getting all and we need to go eat. We, we need, need to go, go find eat. some place to eat. And <laughs> that is also when everyone else is like, oh, it's dinner time. It's dinner time, it's including summer. bears. Yeah. <laughs> so as we're walking around the lake path, we turn a corner and, oh, there's a cute little bear cub like 100 yards down the thing. I'm like, oh, no, this is bad. This no, is bad. they like, never show oh, up alone. There's a second bear cub. <laughs> Oh, we're hosed. (laughs) Yes, because right behind them was Mama Bear. And it was like, oh, okay. There was only one path out of this lake. You walked in and then you did like a loop loop around the lake. And then you walked out via that same path. So we had to find other trails through this forest to get to where the parking lot where we needed to go. And of course, like I said, sunset. So we're losing light fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yes, we weren't pursued by a bear. We got the hell out of there, but felt like it. Oh, I was, I was sweating. I was so sweating and so nervous. I think it took me like a week to come down from yeah. that. I was so scared. Yeah. So familiarize us with your pre-cheating, Jessica. Oh Tell my us the gosh, log line. Jacob. Okay, so this is actually a pretty long log line, but I decided not to like reproduce the whole thing because I because you didn't want to give me any I extra information. I I didn't read it. I stopped it reading <laughs> after after the first sentence. Okay, so the first sentence is: self-centered actress Sally Balthazar receives death threats after rewriting Romeo and Juliet as a feminist tract and is poisoned on stage. By the way, there is no murder in this episode, just a poisoning, and that is the crime that we are trying to solve. Okay, so I'm, so we won't have to worry about a body, but there will be a crime, no. so we're going to have to crime this. So she's poisoned on stage for doing a revisionist interpretation of, of Romeo, Romeo and, and Juliet. Juliet. Yeah. Okay, so this is a little upsetting to me. Oh. It's not upsetting. It's not upsetting. I'm 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 interpreting this for the podcast. 
I'm like Romeo and Juliet. Exit pursued by a bear is from yeah, it's cross, a winter's tale. Like we're combining yeah. different shows like my, all like, in one. Like I'm like my brain is a little a little fizzy right now. I'm like yeah. I don't know how's this gonna work. So like I mean we all know the plot to Romeo and Juliet. Boy girl fall in love. One of uh, families hate each other. They end up killing each yeah. other. Trigger warning. Sorry about that. They end up like they end up killing themselves because they can't live without each other. Yeah. There you go. But like a winter's tale is like man like it's very like Othello and that king gets jealous that his best friend has uh, like slept with his wife and the the child that his wife will bear shortly it actually is the friends the friend escapes with the daughter the newborn daughter of the king because the king has thrown them out um the and then this is where the this is where the pursued by bear comes from the the friend makes it back to his kingdom but the I forget if it's the cupbearer or somebody. Anyway, somebody takes the baby away and like has a vision that they have to leave the baby by the sh- by the shore of this lake. So they leave the baby by the shore of a lake and when they do that, that is when the bear comes on and he exits pursued by bear, presumably dies. The girl grows up by shepherds, falls in love with the son of the best friend, but the best friend doesn't think that the his son, the prince, should fall in love with a shepherdess. So they run away back to her original kingdom where everything is resolved. And the wife, who had died in childbirth and of shame because the king thought that he, she was cheating on him, is has been made into a statue and the statue comes to life. It's very magical. Nothing to do with Romeo and Juliet. And I yeah. hope I passed that quiz. Thank you very uh, good much. Good job. <laughs> uh, and we have found, or not that we have found, but I think we have, can say at this point that the, the writers just kind of take oh, like yeah. names and things. They don't really actually do the plot. No, no, no. no. There's nothing to the do with the show plot. or the, the play or, you know, they don't re- actually, maybe they kind of reference, it's referential, but yeah. just in like the performance and performance studies type of version of theater (laughs) as opposed to it's very postmodern we're just gonna we're just gonna reference this and it's gonna add a little bit of fizz to it yeah it adds fizz just because there's references we like our fizzy shakespeare yeah i have to say i'm really excited about this episode because uh when doing my research i got introduced to the, sure. The guest star, the lead guest star, the character who is poisoned but mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't die, is played by Morgana Robinson. Who, Wait a minute, that's her. St- that's her name, Morgana Robinson. That's the Robinson? actress's name. Yeah. I bet that is. I bet that is a. I bet that is a stage I name. I have no proof of that. Well, so and she's also enjoy. British, so who knows? Morgana may in fact be her given yeah. name. Yeah, and she is an award-winning TV and film actress, if you're not familiar with her. She is known for her comic portrayals and mimicry of eccentric, nuanced characters. It's very Groundlings-like. You can see her stuff on YouTube. One of her famous characters was uh, Gilbert, a confused teenage boy who gains cult status on YouTube. Very silly. Her show called Morgana Robinson's The Agency looks totally hilarious. In 2012, she was awarded for her sketch show, Very Important People. In 2013, she made her first of many appearances on Toast of London with Matt Berry, playing different characters each season. Great show. Yeah. She is on The Windsors. She plays Pippa, a sketch comedy show also called Psycho Bitches. And in 2020, (laughs) this is where it gets a little confusing. Okay. Okay. I'm going to try and follow you. Strap in. In 2020, she was in Robert Zemeckis' movie of Roald Dahl's book, The Witches. It starred Chris Rock, Octavia Spencer, and Anne Hathaway. 
There was a version made in 1990. Okay. Also called The Witches. Right. Roald Dahl's book. And that starred Roberta Taylor, who is an actress also on Shakespeare and Hathaway. She plays the costumier. Sebastian's landlord. Sebastian's landlord. Got it. But she was in the 1990 version versus this actress, Morgana, who was in the 2020 version. So if you would like to compare witches, there you go. There you have, have fun. It. It's yes. October. Yes. It is the time. Spooky season. To go, go for the find witches. This yes. stuff. Yeah. And and go watch her on YouTube and or elsewhere. She's Jessica went hilarious. deep down the Morgana rabbit hole. Yeah, yesterday. I really she was, enjoyed her. She kept, I kept getting texts of more and more videos to watch. <laughs> I would hear her cackling in the other room, and then like more another text would come through, and then more cackles and another text. So yeah, there's also another famous actress in this episode playing Ot- Antonia Briars. And she is a musical theater actress on the West End. She started in Mamma Mia in the West End. And she is best known, though, more recently for originating the role of Kate Monster and Lucy the Slut in the West End production of Avenue Q. Avenue Q. Yeah, and she also did the Sister Mary Robert in the UK tour of Sister Act, the musical. And she you can find her also. She is a actual YouTube sensation mm-hmm. with 800,000 views oh my plus of a song that she sang, a hilarious song called Portrait of a Princess, which is about a sort of a Disney princess having a not so Disney princess relationship okay. with a man. And but then finding a prince eventually. Sure. But should we talk about the director and the writer of this Please, episode? I think we should. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the, judging by the look you're giving me, yes. Yes. Okay. So the director is Ian Barber, and he has directed six episodes of Shakespeare and Hathaway. He started in TV in 1991, at least according to IMDb. He has started as an assistant director. He's worked his way up and eventually becoming a director on Holby City. And he has other credits, of course, Land Girls, EastEnders, Coroner, Doctors. He had 132 episodes, actually, of The Doctors. So he's been doing that for a while. Father Brown, Emmerdale Farm, Coronation Street. He has recently four episodes of Sister Boniface. But here's... Fun fun fact okay. about him. He was nominated twice in 2010 and 2013 for the award that is called Spectacular Scene of the Year. Wait, what? what I'm, wait, I'm sorry, say that again? Spectacular Scene of the Year, which is an award given out by the British Soap Opera Awards. And these are he was nominated for two different episodes of Doctors. As I said, he has directed yes. 132 of them. And one of the episodes was called Julia's Car Crash. Okay. And the other one was called Master of the Universe Siege. Okay. My that is those are some very soap opera episode titles there. Yes. But I wanna I wanna roll it back here. Like just scene. So like what Yes. I, okay. I guess Not that the makes, episode. Right. Scene. I might I guess that makes sense. Cause if like you're if you're looking at a soap opera, it's like the one episode of a soap opera. Sorry, soap opera fans, kind of rolls into the next episode. Like, it's very sure. hard to distinguish between the episodes of a soap yeah. opera. I would always be able to tell that they had filmed these on different weeks because their makeup was like, oh, we're doing the orange makeup this week. Oh, and then the next week they would be doing the red or like the pinky rouge makeup. <laughs> Fair enough. And it was all, it was like themed, yeah. orange, red. And it wasn't by, it was like this character, She this week she was in orange, the next week it was red. Okay. So spectacular scenes, though. That's okay. So what 
what would be one of your spectacular scenes from this from the previous year? Well, okay, there are so many, but I do. Does it have to be from this? Uh, no, podcast? no, go, go ahead. No, from okay. Anything. Well, <laughs> I have just started to watch The Diplomat. By started, she means binged it in less uh, yeah, than a week. Yeah, yeah, that is totally true. Started and finished. Yeah, <laughs> The Diplomat. It's on Netflix. Go and watch it, please. It's great. Which is kind of a mystery, but it's, it's a not thriller a mis- it's mystery. A thriller. It's not a mystery. And a total romance and a Cinderella story. It's it's the whole package. And I would say I had two favorite scenes. The season closer was pretty jaw-dropping. It's a great scene. Yeah. yeah. There are lots of madcap moments in the series in this first season. But one of them that I just remember is uh, the main character played by Carrie Russell comes home. She's an ambassador mm-hmm. in, in England. She's the ambassador to the UK. And she comes home after a crazy day where she did a little bit of kind of back dealing backroom dealing negotiating being a diplomat ended didn't end but in the middle part a uh well i'm just gonna spoiler it iranian diplomat dies of a heart attack in the office of the foreign secretary uh, in england Mm -hmm. in whitehall and then they have to like figure out how to not you know this is because this is an international incident and so this whole day has happened and she's supposed to have been figuring out some very important, like globally important information from this Iranian diplomat and that she can like take back and avert a war. And she comes home. Rufus Sowell plays her husband and he's kind of a loose cannon. He's a chaos monkey. He is a chaos monkey. Yep. He even says that people think of him as a chaos monkey. So he he is a chaos monkey. And she comes home and he's reading the newspaper and he kind of looks at her and he's like, hey, so how'd it go? Did you get the thing? And she just doesn't say anything. She just stares at him. And he says something else to her, like some sort of question. And she just keeps staring at him and staring at him and staring at him. And then she turns and he looks at her and then he gets up. And like 10 paces behind, he follows her down the hall, up the stairs, down the hall, and she opens the room to the door to the bedroom, and he follows her in, and then he just starts taking his clothes off, and she takes her clothes off, and then they start to have marital relations. <laughs> we'll just say that on this podcast. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, because it just showed their relationship, like that she he takes a little bit to like get the idea of like what she's thinking because Mm -hmm. she says nothing she just stares at him she doesn't hurt she doesn't like get a little like wink she doesn't doesn't wink nothing she just and he just turns and starts to walk and he's like oh oh i think that oh oh i think that was an invitation yeah yeah (laughs) and they have sort of an awkward relationship and so they're getting a divorce they're not getting a divorce they're sleeping together they're not sleeping together i love you i hate hate you you. i I love you i hate hate you you. yeah her name her character name is kate and there's a fantastic fight that also happens that's why i thought you were going with this well that scene is great too she's having a fight she beats him up and she beats him up in the middle of the woods and then the secret service are like watching this being all like well should we break it up because he's getting beaten. His yes. ass is getting beaten. And by her. By and her. She, and, and they and look at each other. And then he goes, well, we're only in charge of protecting her. So 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they Look put the binoculars guy. back up and they're yeah. just watching her to make sure he doesn't do anything to her. Right. Because then they would come in and probably beat the crap out of him. But anyway, yes. I mean, so many scenes. The show was great. Great, a... great, great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How about you? Well, I think, uh, okay. So it is hard to remember all the scenes we've seen this year. We have we have seen a lot. We've watched a lot of TV. Oh my gosh. But I think like looking back over everything, like there are two, there are two, like one's a moment and one's a scene. One, the moment in like the scene in Poker Face, Escape from Shit Mountain. She like, she literally, she's been left for dead at the bottom of this hole. And she climbs her way out of this hole and makes her way to this cabin and has a stick that she bangs on the door of the cabin with. And people let her in. And they're like, oh, my God, because the audience knows that she doesn't. These are the people who left her for dead. And then they realize later on that the bone she used to, like, help climb out and knock on the door is actually, I said bone. I gave it away. She thought it was a stick. It was somebody's leg bone. So that was that's a great scene. But I think the scene that I really think is like the best scene work is is I mentioned this in the Vera episode. It's just the final interrogation scene in Mm. Vera where they're at the top of the abandoned building and the one person wants to throw himself out of the building and she's trying to get a confession out of him. His father is there. His father defense lawyer is there and trying to defend him from the police badgering and then halfway through everything flips and Vera starts interrogating the defense lawyer. So it's that cat and mouse defense lawyer badgering each other while this person is like suicidal at the side of it like just watching that whole scene play out. I think that is my yeah, favorite scene. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. You know, okay, I'm going to change my scene. I love The Diplomat, but I am going to talk about a scene not from this season, but mm-hmm. from from Endeavor. Oh, right. I loved that season closer when they're in Venice when Endeavor Morse has gone after his lady love And she has double-crossed him, but Thursday knows that it's going to happen. And so he has gone over to Venice. He's chasing after his friend. They've been having Thursday's chasing Endeavor, who's chasing the criminals. Just chasing the criminal, not realizing, of course, that, like, he's it's his lady love and whatever. Sorry, spoilers. But Thursday, yeah, the fact that like Thursday and they've been they've had a really contentious season where Thursday they've been fighting each other. But when he figures out, oh, no, oh, no, Morris is in trouble and and he's going at it alone. And it's just this beautiful like chasing after Morse in this very like. As opposed to chasing after the woman, you're chasing after your friend. Your friend in order to help them. I was like, oh, that's beautiful, man. Because they make up with the each other, like, oh my gosh, thank you, you know. Yeah, they're very appreciative in their very, you know, British sixties, seventies way. Right, <laughs> very masculine. Good job, hip hip. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was it was beautiful. All right. So what else have we got in this episode? So also the well, I I want to say please. So it's, you know, people. Tell us your favorite. Yes, please scenes. share your favorite scenes. Let us know on Instagram or Facebook. What fa- what are your favorite scenes from yeah. shows that you've watched this year, or just in like mysteries in general? Uh, yeah, in mysteries in general, do it. Just tell us what you like. It could be something from Magnum PI, Murder She Wrote. So Whatever. many good scenes. We will share them. And we will share them. On yeah. The pod. So you can email us at cluedunitpodcast at gmail and tell us your favorite scenes, and we'll share it. Excellent. Yeah, and then okay. So now we'll talk about the writer of this episode. Yes, please. Jeff Povey. He is a Scottish writer. 
he has a screenwriters award, a mm-hmm. British screenwriters award for best children's TV for a show called The Dumping Ground. It came out in 2013. What do you think that's about? Wait, wait. Okay, so if it's the dumping ground, like my mind immediately goes to Mind Hunter, where it's just like, okay, this is where the serial killer leaves all their <laughs> victims. But this is like, so wait a minute, is this child or YA? Does it say? Does it differentiate? It, yeah, it was a best children's TV. Children's award. TV. So it's not even like it's not even YA, which would be like, okay, it's all about like getting dumped from dating. No. So I, 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 okay, I'm going to guess that this is a like, this is like the British version of that children's show where like one of them is a front end loader and another one is a dump truck and they have to go around and they have to like fix things. This is the dumping ground. This is where they go and they 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 build things. I love all your guesses. That is none of them are unfortunately true. <laughs> oh, I'm used none to that by now. Tell me what it really was. This is about foster children in foster care oh. and the fun filled days that they have. I don't know how. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> but they With the name it. like the dumping ground. Okay. Yeah. Well, they apparently the foster care. The kids call it the dumping ground because that's yeah. where. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I get it. Yep. That is yep. some yep. that is some bleak humor. Yeah. Yeah. So he has also written novels, including one called The Serial Killers Club See, in 2006. See, I wasn't too far yeah. with, the, with the dumping sure. ground. What do you think that's about, though? The Serial Killers Club? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that is... I think that is like the babysitters club, only for teenage sociopaths. I think there is they have like, well, do you want to murder this person this week or do I do? Well, I've got Nancy's job this weekend, so I'm gonna. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I think I think it is a bunch of teenage sociopaths. Well, it's not a YA novel. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, then never mind. So the logline is: When our hero finds himself in the path of a serial killer, he somehow manages to defend himself and give the bloodthirsty madman a taste of his own medicine. But when he goes through the dead man's wallet, he finds a mysterious personal ad inviting him to join a party hosted by Errol Flynn. What begins with passing curiosity soon becomes uncontrollable obsession as our hero becomes acquainted with 18 killers, their game to share the thrill of the hunt and to make sure no two members choose the same two victims. See, they are organizing. Like yes, it is a bunch of, it's a I, club. You, you know what? I honestly, I think I got that right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to, well, I mean, I'm not going to actually sure. count as a point because it wasn't, the, but like, I think, I think I got pretty close yeah, on that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, there's more fun to it. This the Sisterhood of the Traveling Garot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay. Here's another thing. Jeff Povey, his, the writer of this episode, his career took off when he wrote a two-man play called Tidy. What do you think that's about? I have no I idea. I thought this might be an Edinburgh show. And I, so I, I just had to look it up. I actually have no idea what it is. He, it is described in an interview, he says, at a now defunct theater in Liverpool, a two-man piece where only one of the characters spoke. He says, I was playing the silent character and didn't want to learn any lines. So that's how I wrote it. And a couple of years later, he got a TV job. <laughs> So he didn't have to worry about it. His first TV credit was in 1993. He has created a number of shows, including Hooten and the Lady. What do you think that's about? I I cannot even. Yeah, it's that's a romancing the stone 
story, action-adventure series, Characters Travel the World Looking for Hidden Treasure, 2006-2017, two-series two mm-hmm. season, and they they literally do. They are not in, like, a British oh, soundstage. Oh, wow, that's, like, soundstage out they in Bath are, somewhere. They're actually traveling the world. Yeah, they uh, there are camels, at least. Or I guess they could have been <laughs> at a zoo. But, yeah, there is a camel. Okay. And it looks like they're in a landscape. He cr- also created a show called By Any Means. And for 25 years, he has been writing on EastEnders. As well oh, wow. as Holby City, EastEnders, Casualty, Silent Witness, Midsummer Murders. Anyway, all those shows. So He's a murderer's row. Right. One, he was asked in an interview, what piece of writing work are you most proud of? And he mentioned a bunch of different things. But then he replied, among other things, that he said, I did enjoy upsetting the entire nation over the Ronnie Cat baby swap episode in EastEnders. And I love that because I just love the idea of a writer sitting at the desk going like, <laughs> I can't wait for everybody to see this. It's going to blow their minds. I am going to fuck with you so hard. <laughs> exactly. Do you have experiences like that, Jacob, when you're writing? I don't I don't think I've ever gotten to the whole point where I've just been like, this is really going to blow people's minds. But someday, hope springs eternal. Or that you're like, they're going to be so pissed people when gonna, this people happens. People are going to be so upset with this. <laughs> well, hopefully we won't be upset by the episode. We're going to go watch the beginning of it and we'll come back with some guesses. We'll see you soon. Jessica, I have a bone to pick with you. Me? Yes, I do. I think... That you were just trying to get me to run out of all my guessing juice. You were like, guess on this, guess on this, guess on this. <gasps> and you were like, you know what? I'm going to do this so that he uh, he runs out of guessings for the, this part of the podcast. Well, Jacob, to that, I have to say. <laughs> it was not my plan, but it works just the same. I don't you know. Hope, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're pre-cheating and you're gamesmanshipping me. I'm like, you're really, you're really, uh... I'm, I'm just a, a tour de force. <laughs> <laughs> you're a little, you're a little guessing Machiavelli over there I'm is what you are. I'm using all the tools, Jacob. <laughs> all the tools. You've been watching The Diplomat a little too much. You're like, so anything we can do. <laughs> all right. So we've got, well, before we get to the guesses, though, let's tell you what happened. So it starts with, what's the little thing that costumers, seamstresses wear on their wrists, like the little pin wrist oh, pin cushion. I don't know. The tomato. The tomato is But it has a bracelet. I don't know. I don't know what that word is. Okay. There's probably something for it in French. Fair enough. Well, in any event, it starts with a shot of that. A seamstress is putting some pins into the dress, a silver satin dress on this actress. We assume it's an actress because yeah. she's very concerned. She doesn't want to get stuck with pins because the blood yes. will ruin the dress. Yes. And the seamstress is very, not fawning exactly, but very deferential. Yes. Um, I would say fawning. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go there. You're going to yeah. go fawning? Great. Mm-hmm. Fawning. So, and as they're talking about this, the director marches in. Oh, the actress's name is Sally. We don't know the name of the seamstress yet. And the director's name is Roman. He rushes in and he's like, the actors are really upset with you, Sally. And you weren't supposed to change any more lines in the play. And she's just like, "It's it's just a few tweaks here and there. What play couldn't use some more tweaks? And they're like, it's Romeo and Juliet. And she's like, don't you mean Juliet and Romeo? So... Right away, we know that this actress mm. is not, she is not trying to put a postmodern spin on Romeo and Juliet to bring out greater truths of the play. <laughs> she is doing this to serve her ego. Like, this is all about 
Juliet and making sure that she is the shining light. And she clearly yes. carries herself as this. So in any event, she's like, it's fine. And she goes over to the curtains to open the curtains and let in the sun. And there is graffiti, red paint on the windows that says, die, Sally, die. Although we can't, from our direction... It's, from inside the room, you yeah. can't read it like that. It's it's yeah. read to be it's meant to be read from outside of the room. So the last shot of the teaser is a shot of each of these people framed in a window with the words "Die, Sally, Die" on it. So then we go to the title sequence, and coming out of the coming into the title sequence, we like we know that there's going to be a poisoning, and we know that clearly she's been threatened, but there hadn't been a crime yet. So normally we'd stop at the title sequence, but we kept going because we're like we have to see a crime. We have we have yet to see the crime. Yeah. After the title sequence. We cut to the offices of Shakespeare and Hathaway, and they are playing like waste paper basket ball and arguing over what I think who would win in a fight, gorillas versus lions. Yes, I think, yeah. <laughs> which I really thought would have been bear versus. Right, it feels like it feels lion. like they missed a thing. But on the yeah. other hand, like bears versus lion, everyone knows a lion would win. Like every every oh, right thinking person would knows that a lion in a Not fight a bear? Be- between a bear and a lion, the lion would win, hundred percent. Oh. Okay. You think I'm a bear? Sure. You think a bear would win? I, I think they have. There were Roman fights over this, like or Roman. What am I trying to say? Coliseum, like, Coliseum between like bears and lions. Arena and, and the style lions were unde- The lions were undefeated. Or do you think the bear? The bears? I, I, no, I think it was you know a question. Okay. Every time. Well, clearly then, bears, lions, gorillas, lions. Clearly, it's all up for debate, and they're debating it when Sally rushes through the door. Big sunglasses on, very dramatic, saying, you have to save me. Oh, help. Help. Yes, you must help me. I'll pay anything. To to which Frank (laughs) is like, please come in and sit down. Yes. But she's disappointed because they don't know who she is, which is when we have the second most fabulous entrance (laughs) of the show, when Sebastian walks in. And Sebastian walks in and he's just having small chit chat on his phone when he walks in and he's saying something like, and that just meant that the budgie smugglers had nothing to smuggle. Yes. Which I had to look up what a budgie smuggler was. So apparently it is a uh, Australian slang for a very skimpy speedo type bathing suit. So he's talking about budgie smugglers having nothing to smuggle, referring to the fact that these men had very small genitalia. Yeah. <laughs> not then, a lot of family jewels. Not a family not a lot of family jewelry. In the banana hammock. And yes. <laughs> to completely mix <laughs> all kinds of metaphors. Yeah. But he he walks in, he's talking, he immediately cuts off his conversation and he's just like, go away. And he is enthralled. He knows exactly who Sally is. And Sally starts telling them the story of what's happening and why she's in town. She's in And that's when we were like, cut, 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 stop. Not quite, not quite. We, we oh. watch a little bit because she was, she said the police aren't trying to, the police aren't going to help her. And then they do some flashbacks to her talking oh, to the police. Right. Right. Where we see Marlo and everybody Marlo else. has no idea who she is. Yes. Nobody has any idea. Marlo doesn't know who she is. The other policeman doesn't know who she is. And so she's feeling like, I'm this Sally from Ward 9. Like, oh, yeah, soap opera. I prefer what? She doesn't say continuing drama. What does she say? She, oh, she just says medical drama. Yes, yeah. medical drama. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then... She, But then she starts going through the suspects. She's like, even though I gave them three suspects. And then she starts talking about the suspects. And that is where we cut off. Yes. We're like, okay, we can't, we can't have our guesses sullied by her, like, throwing us a bone. Yes. We need, we need to come up with these. <laughs> or three yeah, bones. Or three bones, were. as it were. Yes. Which maybe she took from the budgie smugglers' mm-hmm. suits. We mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we have to do this, like, 
we have to do our own work here. Yes. So this is time for the – and Jessica, I think I have to go first because I think otherwise – we also should say that we forgot to mention wh- what are the odds Jessica remembers this episode or not? Right. <laughs> I don't remember anything. So you could have, I, I mean, this none of this is familiar to me. Sure. She says that, but when I went to go play the episode, it was like, do you want to start from the beginning or do you want to resume from where you left off? So. I I think I was, I, okay. It could have been that when we were watching the last episode, it just pushed, you know, mm-hmm. for the podcast, Likely it just pushed story. forward and I had to pause it. Okay. I think that's probably what happened. I don't it happened. I I don't think this is because I fell asleep and was like and then trudged to bed like okay. halfway through. I think this was literally just, you know, like I stopped it one second in. Okay. Well, I'm going to trust you, but I'm also going to go first. Okay. So, so that okay. like so that I get my guess out there first. All right, let's hear um, it. So I think this is all a great big switcheroo. I <laughs> think or uh like a smoke show. I think that I think that the actress did it. I think that she is just uh, because nobody knows who she is except for Sebastian, who's like in awe of her. But like the police didn't know who she is. Frank and I forget. Oh, smoke screen. Smoke screen. Yes. Not a smoke show. Yes. Because she thinks she is a smoke show. She does think she is a smoke show. Yes. I think this is just (laughs) a smoke screen. I think she's trying to drum up publicity for this show and to like get herself noticed because she like she just needs to feed her ego. So I think she is behind it all. I think. She is the one because you'll also notice that we you mentioned at the top she doesn't actually die. She's poisoned, but she doesn't die. I think she does all of this herself in order to give herself a little more heat, a little more notoriety, and get back on a TV show where which would be so much better as far as she's concerned than uh, theater. That's what I think. I think it's her all the time. Okay. Wow. I'm just That's it out pretty there. good. Well, I I think that she. Well, you're right. She does say it's theater. So she does really I'm want to I'm not putting on a get... show. I'm putting yeah. on theater. Theater. This is theater. I do love it when, you know, all the syllables. <laughs> when you use all when, the syllables. When you, when you invent syllables to put in there. Yes. <laughs> theater. <laughs> oh, so good. I think that's very possible because they're, they're just laying all the pipe for that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a mystery. So they're laying lots of pipe in there. That's just the pipe that I'm going to pick up. Okay. Well, after I said, uh, I know. Okay. After I said, I didn't think that these episodes ever really follow the play that Mm -hmm. they are mentioning in the title or referencing. I'm still going to say that I think the seamstress is her long lost daughter. Oh, oh. From a very, very young assignation, a pregnancy that was, you know, given Wait, so away. So the, the seamstress is Nancy's daughter or Nancy is the seamstress's daughter? Who's Nancy? Sally. I'm sorry. Sal- Sally is the, I'm sorry, Nancy. <laughs> Sally. Sally. Sally is, no, the seamstress is Sally's long lost daughter. Got it. And the seamstress wants Sally, to, she wants to threaten, not. Not kill her. She it's, just wants I'm sorry, to threaten her. Are you giving her. a guess or are you doing a vocal warm up? The seamstress Sally wants. Her name is not Sally. This actress right. is named Sal- Sally. Sally's seamstress stresses. <laughs> That's so good. That's awesome. Sally's um, seamstress stresses over stitches. If, anyways, please go on. So she uh, is a long lost daughter of the actress Sally and. 
she doesn't want to kill her. She just wants to threaten to scare her into quitting and becoming a more uh, like mom-like person, like do more mm-hmm. domestic pursuits instead right. of going after give her the attention, the give her the attention or, and the love that she wants. Yeah, or being a senior staff nurse on the <laughs> Ward, Ward nine. nine soap opera. No, 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 medical, medical drama. drama. <laughs> yeah, which I think is funny too because all these actors and writers and directors have worked on Casualty and Holby City, which are like the two most famous. Yes medical dramas in the uk continuing medical drama yeah 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 so so they're definitely there's somebody that's referencing i feel like sure so that's my guess all right but i mean i really think your guess is gonna well we can only hope we can do we are there any because the thing is i think they're going to introduce this other actress that i talked about Mm -hmm. in the The musical theater musical theater actress i think they're going to talk about her but or we're going to meet her for sure but i bet she didn't do it yeah. I bet this is going to turn into like an all about Eve moment because mm. she she's she thinks that this other actress is after her. Yeah. Who do we think the other three people are? Well, definitely Roman, the director. I think yeah. she's going to f- finger. I think she's going to lay accuse. the accuse of the three. I think it's going to be this new actress that we haven't met yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonia Briars. I think it's going to be Roman. Uh, the director. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be another one that she's going to accuse. And we need a third. Some other person. Yeah. Maybe another writer? We've got or the director, a feminist we've got... who doesn't think that she's feminist enough? A stalker. Maybe she's got a fan. Oh, maybe a fan stalker? Yeah. Mm. Maybe she's in cahoots with uh, with a fan. She's in cahoots with the fan to like because the she's like giving favors to the fan to be all like you were my number one fan you're great let's make my star burn even brighter oh interesting oh that's interesting too mm. oh hmm all right well I'm st- I'm still saying that she's the mastermind behind it all even if a fan is involved okay huh. okay all right all right well let's find out and we'll be right back see you soon we have to start with the fact that I'm not sure you. Didn't watch this while you. I fell did not. I promise you. Pinky this swear. Is, Do you pinky swear? I pinky swear. You know, blood sister swear. Well, well, are we going to get that, one of those things from like the whole John Wick series where you have to like prick your thumb and like put your like blood oath on this yes, marker? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That I, exactly. I would pop that open and. Okay. Yeah, we just watched that last night. Absolutely. I have n- seen no part of this episode. And the reason this is important, ladies and gentlemen, is because Jessica got it right. I did. <laughs> I mean, like, it was it was pretty white. Right. Yeah. It was the seamstress. It was the seamstress, Antonia. Antonia, who, but it wasn't entirely because some of the threats. They, they did some Agatha Christie-ness to us yes, here. Yes, this was convoluted. They had lots of multiple actors. Like yeah. Lots, so here's the deal. Sally was putting on this show because she wanted to get back into the spotlight. And she really was just a wretched actress. Like she just doesn't, like she's just not very good at this. So we cut off just before they described like the per- her main suspect. She described her main suspect to them who like walked out because she was horrible. And like her... Made like, comments from the audience. Yes, like stood up in the middle of the, at the ending of the show, like like heckled her and walked out. But honestly, 
worth the heckling because like in flashback they show like what she's done to this play and she's just like i am not going to i am not going to poison myself for a man in fact i am stronger now and every man needs to apologize to women for keeping us under the bonds of patriarchy for so long yes and and like it was just astonishing which led to one of my favorite moments in this whole episode so Uh, if you recall sebastian walks in and is just taken aback and in love with sally he's just like let me fall he's like i don't know whether to faint or to fawn and she's like both (laughs) or something like that and anyway he is so smitten with her and then she describes what she's done to the play and the look on his face, the look of utter <laughs> shock and horror, like they even, they do the thing, the cartoon thing where someone's mouth falls open and another character has to go over and like push their jaw back up. Yeah. <laughs> Close your mouth, a fly is going to fly in. Yeah, exactly. Luella actually goes over and pushes up his mouth because yeah. she's so bad. In any event. So they're putting on this play. She's putting on this play. Antonia is the seamstress in it. But the director, Roman, who was with her, it has a lot at stake because it's his future as well. And then there's her understudy, who we haven't met. You'll meet later on in the episode. We don't meet in the teaser. Her name is Bella. She wants to play. She's got a whole All About Eve thing going on here. So like, and then she, Bella, her father, it was the heckler. In the first scene. And so, like, Bella and her father are, like, really trying to push Sally and, like, threaten Sally and stalk her and get her out of this performance. Mm. So, yeah. But it turns out in the end it was Antonia, the seamstress. The seamstress, who is the sister of a woman that Roman, when he was producing Ward 9, the medical drama. The medical drama. Please don't say soap opera. Yeah, who he had changed the script at the last second and kick and kicked her off of the show. Poisoned Mur- had her, her. her had her character killed, murdered yes. by poison by Sally. And Sally's character. Sally's character. No, I mean the the character that Sally was playing in Ward Nine in the show within a show. Oh yeah. What was that character's name? I forget. Nora Claret. Yes. Senior staff nurse. Senior staff nurse. So originally yeah. Martha it was Martha. So this is where it get, it's going to get confusing. Yeah. This is like actress, talking about actress, Chaucer, actress. where it's just like characters within stories, within yeah. characters, and yes. Anyway, so yes, the actor, the character Martha was written off because she was poisoned. Antonia was the younger sister of the actress who played Martha, and so in order to get revenge because it ruined that actress's life, Antonia wanted to murder Sally. Yeah. But meanwhile, there's Bella and everybody doing things over here. And the play, even when they, even after Sally quit the play and they went back to the original text, they had an opening night and apparently the reviews came in. And even with Bella and the original text, it was a hot mess. Yes. Like the reviews still were still horrendous and boring. Yes. So Sally may have been right about that, that Bella would have been a bad yeah. person. Anyways. And she did it. And Sally. So the reason why Martha got canned on the Mm -hmm. show, why her character was written off, was because Roman was the producer and Mm -hmm. he had just gotten a divorce. His wife had taken all his money and so he couldn't be the theater director that he wanted to be. And so Sally had given him 30K in order to produce a new play. And so this play, that which was not this Juliet right. and Romeo, but they had become, after Ward 9 was canceled, she they had become partners in the theater. 
Yes. Um, and so now they were producing the play that she wanted, except that she has been basically scared the crap out of it. Right. So she eventually leaves. Yeah. I, I, and I also want to say, I looked at my notes. We got that backwards. Wendy was the... Wendy was the character, character on, on the, in, the, in, the, in, in Ward, Ward 9. 9 and, Martha, and Martha was the actress who, who was playing, playing Wendy in Ward 9. Yeah, so in yeah. any, not that any of this makes sense. I know you're all like frantically changing your scorecards at home. but <laughs> Yeah, it's super confusing. But one of, the, one of the reasons I had to look that up is because the actress playing her, there was one scene where like, so she's like, she's, she's not unhinged. But she is like very depressive and like kind of in this like weird fugue state the whole time. But there was this one shot of her, and I was just like, oh my gosh, she looks like Aunt Fanny from Sense and Sensibility. Yeah, the, yeah. Or sister, sister, sister in law, Fanny. Fanny. But it is not. It is no, not that no. actress. That actress that you're thinking of is Harriet Walter Dame. Dame Harriet, Harriet Walter, Walter. I'm sorry. Sure. This actress's name is Charlotte Randall. Right. And she's been on. Like Father Brown, Coroner, Doctors, Call the Midwife. She All is the a she is a Shakespeare actress. Okay. Um, I mean, pretty much all the British actors have well, to do d- d- Shakespeare, but she is notably in a performance of King John for the RSC, which was very famous, it seems like. And she also does stuff for National Theatre, The Young Vic, Liverpool Everyman. So. Great. Well, she did a fine job. She did a good job yes. because that was it was. Not spooky exactly, but it was it was a fun little fun little scene there. Although I yeah. will say, so in that scene, Frank sits down on a chair and he's like, "Oh, something just happened," and I'm like, "Did he just sit on a pin cushion?" Yeah, and he did. He sit, and yeah. at that point, I was like, "Oh, it's the seamstress." They make it so. The thing is, is that pin cushion that the seamstress uses is not what I'm I'm used to the tomato pin cushion, mm-hmm. you know, on your wrist. But this was like a sort of a flat white made out of like flower flowery calico chintzy chintz like yeah fabric that is sewn in the shape of a tomato like a flat tomato Mm -hmm. but which somebody's gonna be like what's a flat tomato i just mean a tomato that is more horizontal as opposed to spherical yes if you know what i mean yeah like costuming and tomato shapes this this podcast Mm. goes in places you never would have thought people i'm just saying yeah so so when he pulls it out from under him on the couch and throws it off in a distance i actually was like i because you also see a cat tree um you know cat scratcher tree Mm -hmm. in the foreground when she sits down in her chair and i was like oh he just sat down on a cat toy but then i was like what cat toy hurts yeah that's weird and that's but you called it you were like oh it's a it's a pin cushion it's a pin cushion yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. but i will say that like i I didn't necessarily call it but i was like the seamstress is involved somewhere there was literally up until the end i was like this this could be everybody like yeah like they all could have been in cahoots to like somehow make this all work you even thought that that sally was maybe doing it all for insurance. There was what there was one point in there. I mean, obviously, well, I, I mean, guess that was Sally. your guess. Yes, right. th- I guess Sally. But like, but towards the end of it, I was like, oh, she's because tr- she quits the play. At first, she's like, I'm never going to quit. I'm never going to quit. And then she does quit. 
And yeah. I thought, oh, maybe she's doing this as a way to like, because she gave Roman 30,000 pounds to do the thing and they had invested in this company together. Yeah. I was wondering if like, if it's a pan, then she loses all of her money because all the theaters pull out. Yeah. But if she can somehow figure out a way to like get out of it without breaking a contract, then yeah. she might be able to get her money back. And so she could get her money back without having to like go through all this horrendous stuff. And that would be worth almost killing herself. I was grasping at straws. Uh, I was still trying to figure I, out, oh, I think yeah, this is I don't, a thing. So. I mean, then you have to if, then you have to explain insurance rules and <laughs> there was no pipe. There was no time for insurance <laughs> rules on this show. <laughs> there was more rain. I'm beginning, Jessica, I'm beginning to think it rains quite a bit in England. Oh, do you think? Maybe. Huh. Maybe. I mean, it's... I mean, yeah. it's... I, not sure it's something they talk about very often uh, <laughs> moors but those are sunny moors aren't there's, they there's just, it's like florida the moors mm. are like florida really it's yeah just, it's just it's it's all lots of people romping around naked romp, on romping, them romping, romp. yeah yeah if i think about the moors i think about romping that is the first word that comes to mind yes yeah let's yeah. have a good romp on the moor yeah it's surprising that there is so much rain there in stratford Mm. Yeah, mm. fine, whatever. But yes, <laughs> there's a lot of rain. Wait, but where did you notice the rainy scenes? There, there's a couple of rainy. There's at least one where they sit in the car and they, as they're learning about this soap opera, they kind of get addicted to the soap opera. And they're watching oh, it on the iPad. And they're watching it in the car and it's raining in the car. And I'm oh. like, it has to actually be raining. Outside like, the not, car. Yes. Not, well, they're sitting yeah. inside the car. So, yeah. No, no, it's not raining inside the car, okay, Jessica. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, I can't imagine that they would like go through all the expense of like hiring a rain machine just for one scene one day while they're yeah, in the yeah. car. Yeah. So yeah, it has to actually be raining. So Yeah. That was fun. I enjoyed them watching soap operas together. Oh yeah. Once like you were saying earlier, every anytime any actor gets to do bad acting. Yeah. <laughs> they enjoy it. So like all these people like being on stage being bad actors was just I'm going to I'm going to completely change course here. What I do want to give some props mm. to though in this show which I thought was a really like really great moment. They even they like, focused on like so Frank went to the theater to take a look at everything and he t- and as he's going there or even maybe even as Sebastian's going there, they show a poster for Juliet and Romeo. It's really good graphic design. Yes, it was. It was this, very clean and neat. It's very and... clean and neat. It's a heart with like, it looks like it's a broken heart with like a heart with like the classic like jagged line in the center of it. But yeah. the jagged line in the center of it is because there's two faces looking at each other and the jagged line is the negative space between the two faces. And I was like, well, kudos to whoever like had like whatever prop guy had like less than a week to come up with the design right. for Shakespeare, <laughs> Romeo graphic and Juliet design. done, like well done person yeah i was going to say sir but it may have been, it have been it a... somebody else so yeah well done whomever that was yes yeah yeah i also want to give another like another oh it rains in england they uh frank and luella go to like search their sus this suspect's hotel room oh yeah it is the smallest hotel room i have ever seen in my life it's like there's probably a just it's probably just a twin bed and there is zero room on either side of it for them to like knock around and look at everything that's just like it is so tiny in a tiny little bathroom yes on suite or wc like right there yeah that is true but then they said it's a posh hotel i know i guess that just means that it's old so all the rooms are small maybe maybe or maybe it's just a posh for hobbits I, maybe it's just a posh oh, hotel. Yeah, yeah, it could be, could be. 
oh, you know, another word that finally came up for us. Oh. Because we've been grasping at this yes. for the last three episodes. Naming the term for when you have you take things from a play right. like you're, Shakespeare you're and alluding you to allude them, to them, but, but it not... has no actual right. meaning As you for said... the plot or Right. The... As you said earlier, they're not actually following the plot. So what is it? Yes. Yeah. It's like they hang a lantern on it in this episode. Yes. They really do. Frank says resonance. That's what it was. Because so Antonia poisons Sally because Sally had her older sister's character poisoned on the soap opera so frank's like resonance that's what that is and we're like yes that's That's the the word (laughs) so you will hear us talk about resonance going forward now (laughs) that we have that and not just talking about our mics (laughs) yeah yeah so Jacob, what uh, Agatha Christie scale? How many Christies rating? would I give this? Yeah, how many Christies? Uh, you know, I'm going to give this seven. Mm, I'm going to give this wow. seven. This is not. This is. This was not my favorite Shakespeare and Hathaway episode. It was delightful and lovely, mm-hmm. and there are good things about. But it was not my favorite. But what I will say is, everybody was in play. Everybody yes. was in play up until the very last scene, and. There were multiple people doing things, having their own agendas, and everyone was still in place. So in terms of twisty and everything, yeah, no, full on. This is definitely a seven Christie show for me. Yeah. You know what? I At first I was surprised at that number, but then the more you were talking and the more I was like, yeah, it actually is a number seven. Yeah. Yeah. I will say one more thing and you can cut this too. Sure. So you're talking about the weather and the rainy and they're sitting in the car mm-hmm. looking at the soap opera, but... It's a cozy mystery. And frankly, like watching a soap opera in the rain, even if it's in your car, but if it's even if it's a work and you're yeah. watching it with your like coworkers and your boss, like so that's like cozy to me. Yeah. And so this is a cozy mystery and they do a cozy thing in the middle of the day. I thought that was really sweet. Mm-hmm. It made me feel warm and cozy and I did want to have some hot chocolate. Okay. Well then, let's uh, let's go have some cozy hot chocolate, and we will leave you to it. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Hey, everybody! Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And now we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores, and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next. Go to our website, cluedunitpodcast.com, or email us at cluedunitpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram and Facebook at cluedunitpodcast, or on Twitter at cluedunit. And if you like the podcast, please rate us and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcast to help us get the word out, and maybe you'll hear your review read on the show. Want to be a Cluedunit private investigator? Leave us a few bucks at cluedunitpodcast.com and we'll send you a personalized, official Cluedunit private investigator license. Officially approved by the totally fake Podcasting Adjudication Board in their secret headquarters in a mountain outside of Squamish. We hope to hear from you soon. Because watching watching TV TV is always always better better with with friends. friends. Jim Henson was a big depressive. Was he? Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? No, I didn't. Are you being funny? Oh, yeah. He was super depressed. And he smoked a lot of weed. That I knew. And so I just think. (laughs) Anybody who watched the show knew that. (laughs) Yeah. 
so I just think he, yeah, there was some, there's some sort of control issues going on there, and I'm, some I sort am of here lack for of the imagination. Psych, I am here for the couch psychology popcorn. Oh, Bring it on. yeah, it's doing... all couch psychology. <laughs> I don't know. I'm also worried about Henry Henry Cavill. I have based on nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people, I hope you're doing okay. Yeah, this is, this yeah. Is, this is Jessica worries about famous people. Famous people that she doesn't know anything about. 